Mark is from Bridge Church in Newbury. Um, he planted Bridge Church Newbury 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Nine. Nine years ago. Um, Mark is also one of the co-leaders of the hub that this church is a part of. There are seven or eight churches in Commission UK that get together for encouragement, for planning and dreaming for the mission that we can do together. And Mark, together with Steve Chick from Winchester, leads that group. So it's going to be great. Mark is a a great speaker. He brings a prophetic edge to what he brings as well. So you're going to be blessed this morning. Mm. Mark, can I pray for you? Yes, yes. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for Mark and for what he's carrying with him this morning. Mm. I pray, Lord, that as he speaks, that you will reignite it. Lord, that the flame of your spirit will glow again as he speaks things that uh, we need to hear this morning. Pray that you would bless him as much as he is going to bless us. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. Have I um, put this on correctly? I'm not make sure it's all the way up yeah great good. good great to be with you thank you for having us as you can tell i've brought some of my friends with me so let me introduce beverly my wife and rian and he's come with some of his family as well with renee and with aiden so we're just very happy to to be here with you um firstly i just want to say well done well, well done well done as a as a church you may not know this but you are some of our heroes in commission. And, and the reason for that is that if ever there was a bad time to plant a church, you chose it. <laughs> it was the worst possible time to plant a church, was it? The month before COVID lockdown. And yet here you are. You're still here. You've persevered and, and you're still here. That's part of the reason that you are amongst our heroes in commission because uh, to be honest with you John may or may not have told you this but um, coming out of Covid to be honest with you um, we we really had some casualties as as commission Uh, most of the churches that had multi-site closed the sites and and drew them back in and some of the to be honest some of some of the church plants also we just had to close and so here you are. You're still here. You've done so well. You're just so well. So even you being here is, is a wonderful demonstration of, of the grace of God and of your perseverance and of your faith as well. So um, John may not have told you that we are just so proud of you as a commission family. And I bring lots of love, not just from the other family, the bigger family from Newbury, but from commission as well and from Guy and Heather who pass on their love and appreciation and admiration to you as well so well done so what we're going to do this morning is um there are some kind of touchstone scriptures that i have in terms of measuring how we're doing as a church or how we're doing as churches in the business sense you have kind of um kpis don't you in terms of things that you're expected to do your key performance indicators well, well, the Bible has some KPIs for us as well in terms of church life. And so I want you, if you've got a Bible or if you've got the Bible on your phone, to, to turn with me to the book of Acts, because the book of Acts is a really good place to start if we're looking at and thinking about the Bible and thinking about what does church look like, what, what should it be like. And so in Acts chapter 2, 
we've just got a really interesting model of, of church life. And this may not be new to many of you, but it's good for us to remind ourselves, isn't it? What, what does it look like? What is, what is church supposed to look like that happened then that we can learn from and for us building churches and particularly new churches like Newbury and, and Swindon? So let's just read from Acts chapter 2 verse 37 and then we'll just kind of read on a bit so Acts chapter 2 verse 37 said this when the people heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles brothers what shall we do Peter replied repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So you might be familiar with the context here there's been an amazing move of God in the city hasn't it? I mean you just think 3,000 people in a day I mean that's an astonishing an astonishing sovereign move of God isn't it and then we have this wonderful picture of what it looks like what church community looked like then which gives us some clues some really helpful clues or a blueprint if you like in terms of what we should be doing as Trinity Life Church Swindon or Bridge Church Newbury or many other churches up and down the land. So let's just kind of go through it and see what we can learn. And I just think it's really encouraging and encouraging for you that it starts off here. They devoted themselves. What were they devoted to? Apostles teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. And I can already see, I mean, even in the notices, even your notices are faith-filled. You might not think that when John says what he says or the slides come up, but actually what, what you're doing represents and reflects this doesn't it but because but by the mere fact that we're here shows me you're devoted to what apostles teaching what else hope to fellowship the mere fact that you've got those groups that john was talking about meeting together in the week the kind of worship times the prayer times the prophecy times the eating together which will come on to the breaking of bread and to prayer interesting, interesting though isn't it prayer comes forth here isn't it i mean i just think that's Interesting, why is that? It might be because we need to understand and have teaching first, to understand community first, to live in the shadow of the cross first, and then know how to pray. Our fuel for our praying and some information 
and some intelligence for our praying. And then it says, as everyone was filled with awe, as signs and wonders. Now, I don't know about you, but this is where I start to feel a little bit uncomfortable because I think, oh, yeah, okay. So again, as a kind of KPI for Bridge Church, I think, yeah, at first, first, I think we're doing okay. Yep, teaching, yeah, yeah, fellowshipping, yeah. Breaking bread, prayer, yeah, I think, well, we can always improve, can't we? And then, and then I read the next thing, I think, oh, the signs and the wonders. And then I think, to myself, when was the last time we had a sign and a wonder? When was the last time? Well, actually, we did have a sign and a wonder last month because a woman, one of Beverly's friends, uh, Rosemary, became a Christian, didn't she, after, after um, do you just want to tell that story, Bev, just to encourage people? Um, yeah, we have just a weekly ladies' get together bible study prayer and share and um one lady in the group was kept inviting her neighbor and this neighbor started coming and to begin with she just sat in the group and never said anything and then gradually she got to know us and warmed up and we just loved on her and included her in our conversations and what we were doing and um she brought a really old crumply old bible one week and she was like okay so how does this work <laughs> you know and yeah just felt the holy spirit come on me probably a month was it three weeks ago now just in our Bible study time, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to ask her the question. Are you, do you actually have Jesus living in your heart? Oh, I don't know. Would you like to have Jesus in your heart? Yeah, yes, I think I would. Would you like us to pray now? Yes, 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 I'd like you to pray now. She just, we just led her in a prayer of repentance, and she just cried, and it was just lovely. I was like, yes, that's what we're here for. Yes, amen. Great, good, thank you. So it just helps, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, God really does want to save people. <laughs> oh, yes, he really, he really, really does want to save people. And 3,000 saved that day. And, and oh, yeah, there are signs and wonders for us to be expectant for as well, aren't there? So, um, Rian, could you um, just come up here and just, just say your, just the shortened version of your story, just to kind of, again, just kind of help us, because it builds faith, doesn't it, that God really does want to do things in people's lives? Good morning. So um, in, in my school years, my higher kind of uh, last couple of years of school, I wouldn't associate or connect or talk to anyone who was kind of involved in drugs or smoking or even drinking at that point in time. And through finishing school and a couple of bad choices, I ended up really in a bad space. I was taking hard drugs twice a week. I was smoking weed almost every single day. And during that time, there was a guy that, where I was doing my in-service training um, while I was studying who started talking to me about the Bible, and he knew that I was interested in end times, and he started talking about all those kind of things. And my life spiraled out of control. So all I can say, I ended up with four earrings. I ended up with a tongue ring then, as crazy as that sounds. And then in a moment, on the 3rd of May 2001, I was sitting in my bedroom completely by myself, and the Holy Spirit just came upon me. And I was just crying for hours. I took my tongue ring out. It became the key for, to unlock my salvation. And half past eight that night, I drove to this guy's house and gave my heart to Jesus. Com- completely on my own. And then went to church that Thursday night for the very first time and actually got a prophetic word. And uh, my life is a testimony of just the great wonder of God and the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Wonderful. Wonderful. So it's just encouraging that God still does it. God still does it. And, and a lady in her 70s with Beverly one day, or a young man whose life has completely spiraled out of control, and then one day in his bedroom, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. God still does it, doesn't it? It's important for us to know that. Because sometimes, to, I know exactly what it's like. It's not that long ago, to be honest with you. It's really, really not that long ago. There was 15 of us 
in a chilly conservatory. That, 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 that was the start of British Church Nubia. Just 15 of us, a bit awkward, not really knowing each other. And, you know, as the weeks go by, it's still 15 of us in a chilly conservatory. <laughs> and sometimes you've just got to persevere. Just got to persevere. And then one day, God saves an older lady. One day, God saves a young man. And that makes all the difference, doesn't it? It really does. It really does make all the difference. So I think, so, so let's be expectant for this next bit. Let's be expectant for, for the signs and the wonders. And then, and then this is just kind of, again, challenging for us. Let's put verse 44 and 45 together. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This is just so kind of countercultural, isn't it? In our kind of consumeristic culture and societies, anyway, it's, it's, it's about me and it's about my possessions. And uh, uh, apparently, when you go to when you go to London now, your average day in London, you will consciously or unconsciously be assaulted by four thousand adverts. You might have noticed that when you go on the tube, for instance, they just kind of all these adverts, kind of advert, 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 buses go past you, advert, advert, billboards, billboards. So on your average day in London, there'll be 4,000 things that you should buy that I really, really, really need. Of course you don't. Of course you don't, do you? But that's our kind of culture, isn't it? Consumeristic, grab, grab, grab. It's all about me, increase my possessions, you know, 0% interest, blah, blah. I was, somebody was trying to sell me something on... Last week, he said, oh, you don't have to pay anything for three years. You don't have to pay anything for three years. I'm like, yeah, right, okay, yes. But here's this outrageous generosity, isn't it? I mean, it's just outrageous generosity, which, which flies in the face of our culture, doesn't it, and speaks to the world. I think Beverly and I have probably given away three cars now, and, um, and each time it's kind of been shocking both to the other people and to the people that they know. So I remember, so one of those was um, the Zafira, wasn't it, to a family who, so our children had kind of um, got, um, started to leave home. We still had the, fi- the family seat, a seven-seater car. They had a little family, didn't they? And they didn't have a car. And we just thought, you know what? They probably need our car. They probably need our seven-seater car. So, um, so we had them over and said, would you like a car? Oh, yeah. I mean, your car would be amazing. Yeah, we can't possibly afford your car. No, no, no. No, we'd like you to have our car. He wasn't a Christian. <laughs> no, so they're neighbours. Neighbors. And he, he, he was literally, literally shocked. Literally shocked. And, of course, we just gave him the keys and the documents and they took the car away, didn't they? And, of course, the, we didn't know. But the impact that that had upon him res- resulted in a whole sequence of chain of events and it won't be a surprise to you now. We weren't the only reason, and the car wasn't the only reason, because God's used in all sorts of ways, and it hems you in and goes after you, isn't he? But of course, subsequently, he, he, he gave on Alpha and, and gave his life to Christ. But, but it was a moment. It was a moment when his heart was melted. His heart was melted by an outrageous act of generosity. So I, think, I, I just think, oh, okay, so let's be mindful of that. You know, again, not just, not just my house, and my stuff. It might be your house and your stuff, you think, but it's all given to us on loan and for us to share. Isn't it? 
to share with, with others. And, and, don't be, don't be, and you'll be amazed at what God will do by our outrageous acts of, of generosity, which we'll come on to in a minute. And, and they sold their property. They had everything in, in common. I mean, again, that's just a really, really challenging, a really challenging church culture. Isn't it? So, so Beverly, would you like to say how, how we took this seriously, outrageously, for three years? It took a bit of persuading, Mark, but he got there in the end. <clears throat> so when we were newly, uh, fairly newly married and we had uh, tinies, little tiny kids, I felt very strongly that God was t- talking to us about this verse, sharing everything. And um, I said to Mark, it's very difficult, you're working for the church, you're out all day, and often out in the evening... And I don't get to anything. I'm just at home with the kids. So I'd really like it if you could think about living in community. I'd like to live with another family. I was like, what? I was like, no, it'd be great. You can have separate areas, but then we can have the downstairs all just share, share the kitchen, share meals. Share. And he's like, I can't think that we could do it. Who could be possibly, who would be brave enough to do that? Crazy enough. And we just prayed about it. And through a secret, a, a very good friendship of ours, they weren't actually in our town. We didn't really know them that well, but they had the same heart. And they had small kids. And they were moving to the area. And so we prayed together. We went on holiday together. And yet the Lord confirmed it through a prophetic dream and other encouragements. But there was plenty of people in our large church who were like, you are crazy. Don't do that. You know, that's bad. But you know what? We did it for three years. We sold both our houses and we bought a house together. And we did it for three years, and it was awesome. It molded our marriage. It changed our family life. We watched how they did family life. They watched how we did it. Mm. It was always, you know, when you're about to just have a little argument in the house, and you can't because there's people watching. So you know what? (laughs) You know what? You think. You you slow down. And if it's important, you'll go back to it later in your own space, won't you? You'll, You'll address those things. But when you're on show, it's really good for you. It's hard but it was really good for us. It was really good in establishing our family and, and learning to get along with people, the grace of God for relationships, watching each other discipline and care for children. It was massive, but you know what? It was brilliant. It, it was this verse in action, some of it scary. Yes, there were times we were all crying, of course. You know, we're rubbing up against each other, but we were in the same mind of going forward. We had spare rooms so we could have guests lodgers, big rooms so we could have meetings. I had Bible studies there with women uh, in the morning and kids playing there all afternoon and we would babysit for each other and for other people. They would drop their kids off. So it was a proper community house. And the Lord blessed us and we came out of that with more money than we went in. So double blessing. Great. Any questions? Ask me later. (laughs) And every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It's interesting to me that the temple court was a public place. So they met in public places and in homes. A bit like you. A bit like what you're doing. This is a very public place, isn't it, meeting in this, in this school. Congratulations on the new venue, by the way. How great is this? How nice is this? Easy to find. Well, except on Miss the turning at the roundabout <laughs> but it is easy to find easy to find beautiful isn't it? all this light i bet you love all this light don't you all this natural light coming in and the car park and the foyer and and it, and it won't be long before 
before there won't be lots of empty chairs here. Amen. It'll be, you'll be, it won't be long before you're, before you're full. It won't be long before you think, oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, oh, oh gosh, we're going to have to think again about what we're going to do. So enjoy it while you've got it, because it's a beautiful venue, isn't it? So, so, so yes, it's the public place and, and the private place, the public places and the home places as well. And I can already see 17th of March, you're having a meal together, other times you're meeting together. Eating together in your home is, again, don't underestimate the power of having a meal together and inviting unbelievers. I can remember when, um, when well, I was at school, actually, and, uh, and the housemaster and his wife invited us, um, me and my friend, to, to, to meal. And that was really unusual. In fact, I can't, I can't even remember ever being invited to a meal before. It was that unusual. And so me and my friend went to, went to the house master and his wife for meal, and he said, um, I'm just going to say grace, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, and he just closed his eyes, and he prayed a prayer, just like we would pray a prayer. But the diff- I'd never seen anybody pray a prayer like that. I'd just never seen anybody pray a prayer like that. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. He, thi- he thinks there's somebody there. He, he thinks there's somebody listening. And, and it had a powerful effect upon me, just hearing somebody say grace. Just, just hearing somebody say grace. And so don't, don't underestimate the power of having somebody round to your house for a meal. We had, in the last church, Jimmy Mahesh and the leader came round for a meal, and, um, and it really impacted him just sitting around together having a meal and and he was very impacted <laughs> i mean we just think it's an ordinary thing because that's our culture don't we is having people around for a meal we're going to john and Lou's for lunch because that's what we do don't we we just kind of in and out but no that the world isn't like that is it it's not it's not it's not like that but that so again this is very counter cultural especially for us in let's be honest in swindon I mean, in, in parts of Brazil, the family life is different, isn't it? And in parts of the Middle East, it was very different. But for us in places like Newbury and Swindon, having a meal together at home and inviting people into your home and sharing that can still be very powerful in terms of saying grace. You don't even need to preach the gospel. You don't, just say grace and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So I think, again, that's just kind of a helpful model for us. So well done. Well done for those things that came on, up on the screen in terms of things that, things that you're doing. The, the model, the biblical model that you're, that you're following. Breaking bread, I'm sure you're doing that. Praising God. And I just think, what a beautiful time of worship. Thank you for such a lovely time of worship. I mean, even in a chilly school hall somewhere in Swindon, who would have thought we can experience the presence of God like that? I mean, it's just lovely. Is it? It's combination of your preparation, your thoughtfulness, your prayerfulness, and the Holy Spirit coming upon us. You just think, oh my goodness, who would have thought when we sing that song about being in the presence of God? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And you, like me, just felt it, didn't you? <laughs> just felt it. You just felt it in a school hall somewhere in Wiltshire. We sense the presence of God. Why? Because you're doing this. You're doing exactly this. You're committed to, to praising God. So well done, well done, well done again. And enjoying the favour of all the people. And again, I, I think about this and I think, oh gosh, favour of all people. How, how is God demonstrating that? And how am I leaning in 
to that. So, so for me, I'm not saying this necessarily for, for you, I'm not saying this necessarily for John, I thought, right, all people. So I think about this quite a lot, I think, all people. So how am I, how am I leaning into the favour of all people? So I've, I've made it my business to get to know our MP, because I think I want the favour of all people. I've, I've, I, I went to see our MP, and you get this kind of 10-minute slot I don't know if you know, when you make surgery for your MP, you get a 10-minute slot. And, uh, and, I, and I walked in, and our MP, she's sitting there with her scribe. And um, she's very kind of officious, because you're in surgery, so it's 10 minutes, one after the other. And I could tell, because I could hear, she'd had a bit of a haranguing from the person before. So I, I thought, so I, I could hear it. The gentleman before, you know, has raised his voice, uh, what are you doing about this? And how's our MP? You should be doing this. And, diddle, diddle, diddle. and I'm following this. So I thought, mm, this is going to be interesting. So, of course, when I go in there, she's obviously a bit emotionally beaten up and on the defensive. So she just, take a seat, please. And then she says, what can I do for you? Straight face, what can I do for you? And so, well, honestly, um, I've come to ask you that question. She said, what? I said, no, no I've, I've come to ask you that question. I, I don't want anything from you. I'm not here to tell you off about anything or to ask you to do anything. I've, I've come in to ask you, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? And her whole kind of posture, literally her posture, changed. She, I could see her just kind of relax in the chair and her shoulders come down and her face flush. And she said this, she said, I don't think anybody has ever said that to me before. It's interesting, isn't it? It's just interesting. And so I'm just using that as an example of the favour of, of all people. So, so for me, just a question for you. So for instance, you know, how, how are you leaning into the favour of all people? So I, I made it my business to go and see the leader of the council. And uh, again, you just kind of get your... <laughs> kind of little slot and he's, he's there with his secretary and uh, yes you know kind of just kind of you know who are you <laughs> you know come on get, get on with it you know <laughs> well what is it <laughs> it's so kind of funny really he's obviously like a busy tense kind of person and I said I just I just wanted to come and say hello really <laughs> he's like yes but what do you want <laughs> what do you want I said, well, I, I'm just going to say hello and see how you are, see how you're doing. You've got this massive job. You've got this massive budget. You're underfunded. You've got staff who are in need. I think you're in need of help. I want to know, how can I help you? And he said the same thing. He said, nobody has ever asked me that question. How can I help you? I said, yeah, I, I want to know. How can I, how can I help you? So he literally kind of sat back on his chair and put his hands behind his... and went... <sighs> and kind of looked around. Help. <laughs> so it's just interesting, isn't it? Lean in the favour of all, of all people. Oh, let me throw out another one to you. I wanted to know, who is it who edits the Sunday morning BBC breakfast show for Berkshire? I thought, I bet they need help. And of course, I phoned them up. Oh my goodness, I said, I bet you're looking for people like me. 
who are here to help you fill your show on a Sunday morning, because I bet on Friday morning you are panicking on Friday morning because you, haven't, you, do, you don't know going to have to fill your two or three hours. You're right. You're right. So I said to her, I am going to help you do that. She said, you're amazing! <laughs> so I'm just throwing those out for you. Just How are we leaning into the favour of all people, whether it's school teachers, whether it's being a governor of a school like this, whether it's the media, whether it's politics, education, medicine, whatever. How, how we, I'm still thinking about it. You can tell, how are we leaning into the favour of, of all people? And then, and then, of course, the Lord... <laughs> The Lord added to their number daily. Now, for small churches like ours, it's really hard for us to un- understand this. Let's be honest. You know, this is, it's just a shocking kind of passage, isn't it? Some of me, some of me is like really, really amazed and stunned. And part of me is a bit fed up, to be honest, when I, when I read this. Like 3,000 in a day, part of me goes, woohoo! And part of me goes, oh, if only. Three would be nice. <laughs> Three would be nice in a year, <laughs> let alone 3,000 in a day. <laughs> but, but, but that day is coming. That, that day is coming. That, that day is coming for you, three in a year. I mean, I think, you know, I think we can believe God for that, can't we? We, we can believe God together. And God's going to save three, peop- three people through the ministries and life of Trinity Life Swindon. There's going to be three people in this church at the end of the year who love Jesus, who are worshipping Jesus, who you're trying to figure out how you're going to baptise in a school on a Sunday morning because they've come to know Jesus. I think we can believe God for that. 3,000, you know, it might be a bit of a stretch for us to believe. God can still do that, of course. God can do anything. He can do anything in a day, can't he? You, I might come back at the end of the year and the place is already full and you've seen 30 people saved and you'll say, uh-huh, 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 where was your faith, Mark? Uh-huh. So I, I'd love to be proven wrong. But the point is, God adds. He really does. He, he really does. And he really is. He really is going to do that for you. He's really going to add to that to you. When we've got this kind of template, which you have, and which you're following, and with good leaders, which, you're, which you have, which you're following, God is going to do the rest. He really is going to do it. And we will, together, look back, even in this building, in a, in a year's time, and we'll... Wow. Look, wow, in just, in just a year. In just a year, wow, look, look. You know, there was just... Do you remember that day when, you know, that second Sunday we were here, when there was just 26 of us, and Mark came, and it was chilly and cold, and there weren't many of us. And now, look, the room's full. Look what God has done. God has added to us. That, that day is going to come, isn't it? That, that day is going to come. And then, and then let's just read on a few verses just to provoke us a bit more. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where... He was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. 
So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. That's a great encouragement for us, isn't it? To take what we're experiencing on a chilly Sunday morning, but experiencing the presence of God, experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great encouragement for us after this and on Monday morning to take this into the temple courts, into the marketplace, into the school gate, into wherever it might be, for God to do this, isn't it? For God to do this. And I know that's your longing, like it's my longing too. So well done, Trinity. Well done, Trinity Life Church, Swindon. You're doing so well. You're doing so well. Well done, John and Lou, for persevering. Oh my goodness. Well done. Well done. Well done. And well done for doing this. Because you really are. You're doing it right. <laughs> You're doing it right. And God is going to do this for you. God is going to do what only he can do in adding to you. Because it says, the Lord added. And he will. Uh, Rion, I'm just going to ask if there's a... Rion, by the way, is our resident prophet. And sometimes he says nutty things and has really helpful, encouraging things as well. So, Rian, what are you, what are you feeling for our friend before we pray? Just a couple of things from my side. Um, this morning while we're in worship, I just felt like the Lord says, in his presence we become like him. And are we recording this? Do you record this? Okay, good. Um, in his presence we become like him. And I just felt like there was someone in the room and you, you're striving to become more like him. And the Lord wants to say to you this morning, in his presence, you become more like him. Lovely. I, I then um, saw, when I was praying for you guys last night and this morning, I saw an empty plate and an empty glass on the table. And it reminded me of Psalm 23. It says, the Lord prepares a, a, a meal for the presence of my enemies. And as I thought, I was just kind of meditating, thinking about this, I felt like the Lord is saying, the plate is empty and the glass is empty because he's the one that prepares the meal and your cup overflows in his presence. And Lovely. I felt like the Lord says you were going to pray for things in this season and he is going to deliver them because he's going to feed things into this church that is even unexpected at this point in time. And I feel like this year, guys are going to walk into a season of answered prayer. It's like you guys have been waiting it's like you guys have been waiting for things. And God says this is going to be a season of release from heaven as I fill your plates, as I prepare a meal for you, and as your cup overflows in his presence. During that free time of worship, just an encouragement to you guys who are leading worship this morning. You know, when we step into these moments of free worship, things change in the room. As that was happening, I saw two things. I saw a well. 
And I felt like the Lord says the church will become a well where people will come and drink from. Mm. But then Jesus becomes Lovely. the well that feeds us. Lovely. And the Lord reminded me of the lady that meets him at a Samaritan well. First, she wanted to give him something to drink. But then she found out that he was the well that she needed. And I feel like there's going to be a release in this place. This place is going to become like a well. And as you guys learn to drink from the well, others will come and drink from the well that you have learned Lovely. to drink from. Lovely. And then saw an eagle's face. And I feel like the Lord is going to give you guys prophetic people. He's going to add to this community people who are going to help you to see. The picture that I saw was a very close picture of an eagle's face. And it just reminded me of the ability to see if clarity and um, with precision in this next season. And um, during, during that time, I just got reminded of Hebrews 5.14. It just speaks about how, you know, we are to eat solid food and that will feed us and that will mature us. And as you guys continue to lead and as you lead your team, just to lean into him for what does the solid food look like and what is the meal that we need to prepare for, for the next season. I trust that blesses you guys. Great, great. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you, thank you. Um, Renee, is there anything else you want to say? Um, Aiden, is there anything you want to say? So let's stand and pray, shall we? Father God, we together want to thank you very much for our time together this morning. We want to thank you, Father God, for your provision of this school for us at this time. Lord God, I want to thank you for the persevering faith in this room that's demonstrated that this church is still here after the most difficult time, Lord. I thank you for, for John and, and Lou and the family and the others who are still here. Thank you so much. Now, Lord, we, we commit to you our starting here week two in this school and we ask you, that as we do what we've just read, you will add to us. That you will add to Trinity Life Church Swindon. We thank you for this hall, Lord. We really, really do. We thank you for this school. And now we ask you, Lord, to add to us and that you will fill this space with worshipping, worshipping, worshipping believers that you will add to us people who, just like Rihanna said, as we drink of the well, that they come and find this well also. Lord Jesus, come and do what only you can do in adding to us, we pray. Amen. Amen.